Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax and put aside whatever's going on, any circumstance that you're struggling with or any list you're trying to keep in your head or things you're trying to remember to do, write it down and let's not think about it anymore for a while. One of the things we're learning to do is learn how to focus in a relaxed way. Not by trying harder, but by letting our soul relax into our spirit. Our soul and spirit were created to not just communicate with one another, but for our soul to receive its very life from our spirit. And in turn, our, our body receives life from our soul and spirit. So our body and our soul are actually returning to the way they were originally created so that we are one spirit, soul, and body. When Adam and Eve were walking around in the garden with God, all their needs were met. All their questions were answered. They communed with one another and with God by spirit. Not by voice, not by mental telepathy or an internal solical thing or a body thing. It was by spirit. They were all one. It wasn't until after God withdrew spirit from Adam and Eve, when they died in their spirit, that they then had to rely on other means to get their needs met. They had to rely on the soul that God had given them. They had to rely on the body that God had given them. So you and I, when we are born again, It's not our soul that is reborn. It's not our body that is reborn. It is our spirit. And our spirit, regenerated, is one with God's spirit. And it's done. It's a finished thing. We don't become more mature spiritually or, you know, attain greater levels of spirituality It's you're either alive spiritually or dead spiritually. You either have a dead spirit or a living spirit. That's it. Those are your only options. There's nothing in between. Now, if you've been reborn spiritually, again, all your soulical needs have been met. Our problem is that 
our soul has gotten so used to controlling everything, controlling getting needs met, that it resists our needs actually getting met by spirit. So that's where the real war is. It's within our soul. Now, because spiritually speaking, you are already one with God, you have there is no argument or controversy or misunderstanding with God. In your spirit, you completely hear and understand everything. You know your past, present, and future. You know the wounds that need to be healed. You know you have all the answers to all your questions in your spirit. And this is our problem is we're not functioning. We are we are here to learn how to live and move and have our being in him. How to live as a spirit being that has a soul and lives in a body. And that's why God creates the circumstances he does for you. Those circumstances are for you to draw on your spirit. And he teaches each one of us very personally. We each have our own pathway. He's that big. He doesn't have a one-size-fits-all approach to how he reveals himself or the pathway. Now, we have similarities. And this is where we can talk about certain things that we've been talking about as far as our soul and our body. Our body, your body, my body, has certain things in common. It ages. It's, you know, uh, defeat it. We have certain senses associated with our body. Sight, smell, touch. Likewise in our soul, we have certain qualities that we have in common. A mind, a will, emotions. But your mind is different than mine. Your feelings are different than mine. Your will is different than mine. But there's aspects that we have in common. So we can talk about, okay, how does our mind work? But then God takes that and says, okay, your mind is wounded in this area because you're believing a lie about your past. And he heals it. And he brought you to a point where this is what he wants to speak to you about. As far as what happened in your past, what happened in previous generations, every single day since you, since you came on this earth has been about bringing you through the circumstances you need in order to be for your soul to become one with your spirit. Now, as far as I know, I haven't heard and I don't know of anyone who has fully had their soul rejoined with their spirit. There's probably some out there that claim that to be the case. I it's just I don't see that. The world would be up, turned upside down. That's what happened with Jesus. Is he turned the world upside down? In a good way and in a bad way. 
He brought judgment, and he brought freedom by being who he was, the son of God. Now, you and I are also sons of God. We're not the Savior. We're we're not the Redeemer. But we are his sons. We are joint heirs with Jesus. We are co-inheritors with Christ. We are all in Christ. So we inherit whatever he has inherited. And because we are all in him, through him, we are one in the Father. And we want to also value that he had to leave in order for us to participate in what spirit is doing. So he reveals the Father and then has to leave in order for us to experience spirit. Now, there's a lot of misunderstandings that we have and we're not going to answer all those misunderstandings in the course of these radio programs they're just too complex and I don't think God has revealed all of them yet I believe at some point he does and it's amazing how over time things that used to be you know cutting edge you know doctrine and uh you know, Christian philosophy is is now something that we accept as this is the way, you know, this is a normal part of the Christian existence. And some of the things that we may be thinking, okay, that's way out there, that's on the, the bleeding edge, that's, you know, that's not acceptable. Decades from now, yeah, that's an accepted part, a normal part of a healthy Christian relationship between a Christian and God. So things change because God wants them to. He reveals more. He draws us to him. And as he does that, we let go of our deceptions, of the beliefs that we have that have been keeping us from accepting his reality and his truth. We change. God doesn't. We change. Our soul is healed. And as that happens, more, there's more and more of a connection between our soul and our spirit for that spirit to flow unhindered into and through our soul and then into our body. And at some point in time, we may, we, we may look more at what goes on with the body, but you know it really kind of happens automatically for the for the most part so if we can get this whole concept of what's going on in our soul and not be distracted by a lot of other things i think that will get us a, a lot farther in what god's purpose is for us here on this earth and what is god's purpose for us here on this earth to know him to become one to be with him, 
to receive everything unconditionally that he wants to give unconditionally. So it's not about serving or um, ministry or a higher level or making, you know, changing things for him. He doesn't need our help in those things. Now, sometimes he lets us participate, and he uses what, when we make ourselves available, he uses us. He, he as an example, as however he chooses, if we're, as we're available, we may or may not notice that we're being used of him. He is not obligated to explain himself. Now remember, in your in your spirit, you absolutely have that understanding about what he's doing. But in our soul, we don't necessarily. Sometimes we do. A lot of times we don't. And he is not obligated in any way, shape, or form to explain why he does or doesn't do things. Why you're in the circumstances you're in. He is not obligated to justify his actions, to justify his judgment. One of the things that help as we walk our path, though, is to understand by experience his love for us. And it's not just, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's far more personal. It's far more intimate. And it's something that only each one of us individually has to experience. And one of the, we've talked about this before, one of the ways you, you can start to get a, a sense of your love for him is by appreciation. Being grateful, that's part of our love for him and his love for us, is that he's revealed himself to us and we simply say thank you. Then there's the hope and the joy and the peace and the rest. When we realize we don't have to perform, we don't have to achieve anything to receive the extraordinarily gracious love of God. He loves us because that's who he is. He loves us because that's who we are. It, he loves us because he is. How does he describe himself? I am. I am that I am. He is. And you and I, in him... We are. And we're in process. We're in a period, a transition period, in each one of us in our own lives. From day to day and on larger scale. He is transforming us into his likeness and image. He is doing it. Then we've talked about what are the things we can do. And they have far more in common to those things that we all have in common. 
our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. We learn how to be healed, how to go to the Father to be healed, how to wait on him, how to hear him. Then also how to, in, in a sense we could say, regain understanding that we lost. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, they had a perfect understanding of the spirit realm because they lived in it. Perfect understanding of the solical realm and the supernatural realm because they lived in it and they exercised their power and authority over it. They had a perfect understanding of the natural realm, their garden that they were tending because they had power and authority over it. They didn't know what they had. They didn't think about it. It was part of who they were, that they lived and moved and had their being as a spirit being and exercised power and authority in and over the supernatural realm and in and over the natural realm. We have lost that experience and expectation. We, we are putting off to sometime, mostly after we die, to regain the experience and the exercise of our solical power and authority in the supernatural realm and in the natural realm. So when we're talking about the, for instance, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're trying to put in words something that we have lost the experience and understanding of. It is so foreign to us. It's like if we tried to... uh, all of us, if we all of a sudden believed in magic and ghosts and aliens, all at once, all of a sudden, they became all real to us. And we had to learn how to deal with it, you know, in a microsecond. Whatever that reality might be, it's so foreign to our way of thinking and feeling, it would... It would put us into, it would traumatize us because it would be so foreign to what we are familiar with. So we come up with approaches to try to talk to one another, to try to talk to God, to try to talk to ourselves about how our soul works, how the supernatural and the solical and the natural realms work. And we try to come to an understanding. Unfortunately, a lot of times we try to do that without spirit. We try to figure it out on our own and without having experienced it. We, we theorize. We come up with explanations that aren't necessarily rooted in reality. And this very often happens when we refer to things 
that are expressed, for instance, in the scriptures that are not common to our own experiences. Speaking in tongues. You know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost. Raising the dead. Casting out demons. These are things that were a normal part of conversation and experience in first century churches. It was part of their daily lives. It was not a shock. It was not surprising. Now, it was to others, but not to those that not only witnessed it, but experienced it. It became a part of their walk. You know, when when your shadow passes on sick people and they are automatically healed. Those are for everyone. That kind of experience is for everyone. It's not for special people not just for special anointed or mature or in leadership positions in the church or whatever. We, because we are all equally united with God, God is equally available to all of us. Our starting point is when we look at the circumstance we're in, are we in a place where God wants us to learn how things work in the supernatural realm that free us to be able to receive in the spiritual realm? For instance, if you don't believe that God can heal someone, he is going to ha- God is going to have to work on that misbelief before he can use you to heal someone. So he puts us in situations and he he stirs us up and he gives us, changes our mind while we sleep. And he puts us in situations where we change our mind. He, of course, does, is the one who's changing it, but we, we recognize, okay, I I think differently today than I did yesterday. But what this does is it, we recognize that a lot of the beliefs that we have are based on our own interpretation and others' interpretation of, for instance, scriptures of experiences that we've not experienced, that others have not experienced. So it's simply commentary where somebody says, for instance, this is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. So many will can wax eloquent on what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, but they have not experienced it. Now, we all start somewhere, and it's fine to, to have these discussions about, you know, what, what it is and... and what God intended for it to be, and is it for us, and how does it work? But our viewpoint is that it's part of a much bigger opportunity 
that you and I as Christians have to embrace the changes that God wants to release into our lives. So when we're going to talk about baptism with the Holy Spirit, what we're talking about is specifically making ourselves available to God through the Holy Spirit to be available for him to do whatever he wants, for him to reignite, reutilize things that are already in our soul, that he put there, and that we all have in common. So this is not about a foreign thing that is only available for a certain group. We, your experience of knowing God by the Spirit could be totally different than mine. And that's fine. Then again, we could have very similar experiences, and that's fine. Because we're, it's not about who's got the best experience or the right correct experience. So let's little talk a little bit about this concept of baptism of the Holy Spirit. What is the baptism with the Holy Spirit? We can probably agree that whole denominations have been built on differing interpretations of the, the scriptures that refer either directly or indirectly to some sort of a baptism. And I'm sure if you have any interest in this topic, you've already done your own study or you've had a teaching about baptism, what, you know, an immersion, all that. But for our purposes, our focus will be on how a baptism in the Holy Spirit contributes to our goal of knowing God. So for our purposes, and again, you go to God with this, our purpose is baptism with the Holy Spirit is the infilling or immersing of the believer with and in the Holy Spirit. And in your, in your spirit, you've already been fully immersed and infilled. Okay? It's not about your spirit. This is about your soul. Now, we can say our souls being baptized in spirit but your soul is not fully available to be fully baptized and this is one of the the dividing points that many denominations get um, you know divided on because this experience baptism with the Holy Spirit occurs many times over the life of a believer this is not a one-time thing because, again, your soul doesn't get immersed in the, whole, in the spirit and then it's perfected. It's, it's here and there, a little bit here, a little bit there, and God is doing it. It's not a one-time thing where he hits us with a magic wand and we're perfected in our soul and receive spirit perfect, perfectly. We wouldn't need to, you know, go through anything. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> but he puts us in circumstances where we change, where he is changes us. 
one of the reasons we are emptied or we're on a path where we lose our own strength, we lose control, our soul does, is to make room for infilling. Now, this is figuratively speaking, of course. So very often we have to release what we believe in order to receive truth. Very often that happens at the same time, but but a lot of times, you know, we will receive a truth, we'll hear and sense, okay, this is, I hear, the, I hear what God is saying about this. But then we don't take the time, okay, well then that means I'm going to have to change how I think about this. For instance, if, uh, if God makes real to you that he is not putting any requirements on you in order to receive his love, You may accept that as truth and go, wow, that's you know a great burden off my shoulders. But then it may take you a while to think, okay, and this is God doing it. That means I can't put those expectations on others. I have to accept them exactly the way they are because that's where God wants them. And so there's a process. And so what I want you to do is take some time this coming week and see if there's anything that the Lord is speaking to you about in that vein. As if there's a, a truth that you've accepted for yourself, ask if there's anywhere, any place that that also needs to be applied for others or other areas in your life. So uh, we will be getting back together again the same time next week. Feel free to drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org. Until next week, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.